0: Hello and welcome back to the 859 Insider Podcast. I am your co-host, Adam Conradi, alongside my good friend and co-host, Noah Ziegler. Hey guys,
1: how's it going, Adam? Hope you've had a great week because uh, we definitely have a lot to talk about in the world of 859 basketball and uh, definitely one of the crazy, we got to talk about one of the craziest endings to a game that I think I've actually ever seen, but we'll get to that in a little bit just as a little
0: teaser for that yes it was a big first week across northern kentucky lots of games just about everybody in action so there's only one thing left to do let's go
1: So first of all, let's just recap really quickly how this past week went. Um, first day, first night of basketball. Finally getting it back. Uh, saw some teams in action. Beechwood defeated Bishop Brosser 62 to 52. Campbell County defeated Calvary Christian 83 to 59. Cuffcath beat Dixie Heights 71 to 46. Dayton beat covington Latin 89 to 21. Holmes beat Ludlow 75 50. And uh, last on the Monday games, Highland defeated Ashland Blazer 84-75. Ashland's first loss uh, this year in a year, over a year at least, because they went undefeated last year before the uh, season got halted and ultimately did not finish. Uh, uh, yes. Oh,
0: yeah. Sorry, just to jump, jump in here real quick. Uh, Ashland Blazer was on a 33-game winning streak and won the region last season. Yeah. W- one of the teams I think a lot of people
1: wanted to see how they did against the rest of the state. Cause obviously uh, Ashland blazers are in a position where there's, I, I, this goes with any team in kind of one of your geographical locations in Kentucky, you're kind of blocked off from competing against some of the other really good teams. So a lot of people are looking forward to that, including ourselves. Um, but uh, hopefully this year they can get another chance. And I mean, taking Highlands and losing, or they were pretty close until the end of the game. So they should be back. Um, definitely regional. Regional contenders for them, but uh, moving on to the Tuesday games, uh, Gallatin County defeated Trimble County seventy to fifty eight in the eighth region all A Classic. Calvary Christian defeated Dayton sixty one to forty six for Calvary's first win of the year. Cooper defeated Simon Kenton fifty nine to fifty. Covcast beat Ryle seventy nine to thirty two. Lloyd Memorial defeated Villa Madonna ninety five to twenty five. Lloyd that was their opening night. That was definitely a commanding win for them. NCC defeated Newport seventy seven to forty four. And then St. Henry defeated Scott 68 to 50 to round out the eight-five-nine games of Tuesday, January 5th. Moving on to Wednesday, we got some more games going on. Uh, Walton Verona defeated Eminence 73 to 23, a commanding win for the Bearcats. Beachwood beat Grant County 66 to 37. Brossert beat St. Patrick's 77 to 16. Connor defeated Holy Cross 59 42. But Brandon McClendon was not there. He was playing in the Hawaii Tiki Bowl down in Florida. So he'll be back. Uh, Holmes beating Bracken County 68 to 42 Lloyd over Boone 77 67 and that rounds out the Wednesday games now moving on to Thursday Owen County defeated Gallatin County for the first time since 2016 with a corner three at the buzzer uh, they won 50 to 49 that was a, that was a really good game uh, Adam we were both tuned into that uh, Covcath defeated Cooper 69 32 and a pretty big statement win to start the year. Uh, Grant sure. County beating Villa 73-38. Lexington Catholic beating St. Henry in an overtime classic eighty to seventy eight. That's I would not be shocked to see that game potentially happen uh, Two down top the road. 10 teams yeah. In the state. yeah, that definitely that definitely put them on the uh, or put St. Henry back on the in the top ten for sure uh, considerations because I know I don't think they were actually ranked in the Bluegrass Preps top twenty, but I think they we are can this agree. week now. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think we can both agree Blue Dass preps doesn't exactly uh, hit the ball out of the park every week. Um, Ludlow beat Heritage Academy 90 to 59, NCC beat Scott 54 to 45. Moving into the Friday games, got some more. Bishop Brosser defeated Nicholas County, 74 to 52. Connor defeated Boone County, 76 to 58, Dixie Heights over Ryle 80 to 64, Portland Christian over Covington Latin, 92 to 29. Scott beating Holmes, 58-53. Villa Madonna over Bellevue, 37-34. Now moving on uh, to the Saturday games. Calvary Christian defeated Augusta, 59-50. A big win for the Cougars in the 10th region, all a classic game. Beachwood over Doan Community, 76-51. Pendleton County fell to Bath County, 74-63. Not a good start for Pendleton. Boone County defeated Model, 75-55. Brian station over Cooper 66 to 44. Cooper's uh, struggling a little bit to start the year, but Tim Sullivan will probably get will likely get his boys back. Uh, Campbell County over Lloyd 71 to 56. Christian Academy Louisville over Newport Central Catholic 73. 63. We're going to talk about Christian Academy Louisville with a different ninth region team uh, later because there's there's a yes. bit of a big stat in that game to say the Definitely. least. Ryle defeating Central Kentucky Homeschool, 77 to 69. St. Henry over Highlands, 82 to 80, which we, we, again, we will get to that game because there's a lot to talk about a lot to unwrap. Uh, And then finally for the Saturday slate, Williamstown over Bellevue 71 to 26. All right. Now going to the Monday games, which is the last one in our recap, Bishop Brossard over Bracken County, 81 64 in a 10th region, all a classic game Villa Madonna over Bellevue 54, 41. That one was the ninth region, uh, all a classic game, Newport, Versus Ludlow, 55-48 in favor of Newport. That was an All-A classic game. Those two teams will advance. Ryle over Nicholas County, 87-48. to And finally, wrapping it up, Walton Verona over Woodford County, 63-61. Another very close game, but a big win for the Bearcats. So now we got through that. Um, obviously, a lot to talk about, Adam. There are a couple of really good games and a couple of games that you wanted to highlight um, and then after that, we're going to be able to get to the first edition of the A59 Insider Top 10, which we'll, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll have a little reveal for that. But uh, yeah, so Adam, what, what were some of the games that you wanted to talk about? Uh, obviously, a couple of them that we kind of teased, which is St. Henry Highlands and uh, the Jacob Meyer game and Holy Cross's win over Christian Academy Louisville. But uh, where do you want to start in terms of what games really kind of just caught your eye this
0: in this first week? Holy Cross's win over Cal in which Jacob Myers, sophomore from Holy Cross, dropped 40 points in a one-point win over Cal. Yeah, that's uh, pretty decent. Not going to lie. Not a bad night for Jacob Meyer. Yeah, and it it's always seems like Holy Cross has
1: always, they always have one player that is really, really, really talented. And then they have a couple of good role players. But I uh, mentioned this earlier, Brandon McClendon coming back that, that that's two very talented players and Holy Cross is a very talented team. Um, their loss to Connor, obviously, I think shows that they need to, we, they are hoping that McClendon could come back, uh, you know, be able to add more points, be able to establish himself as a defensive uh, anchor. It's a defensive weapon for sure. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be interesting to see how much Holy Cross improves with McClendon, which they definitely are. Cause I mean, with a player like him with his athletic ability, He's definitely going to be able to elevate the level of that team, um, but yeah, obviously Jacob Meyer, forty points—that is ridiculous in a, any high school game. Um, so it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how he, tr- or I guess, carries on the season, especially once you know ninth region competition really heats up. But it'll be interesting to
0: see. Yeah, we were talking all last week about how are these kids going to come out of the gates without being able to practice with uh, in person meetings uh without the entire summer and clearly for jacob meyer it did not matter he yeah. started right where he left off last season and he's looking to break some records at holy cross if he can by his senior year yeah definitely him as a sophomore allows him to i mean shoot if he's
1: gonna if he's already gonna put these numbers up as a sophomore only time will tell um with how he's gonna do next year and i mean hopefully next year he'll be able to have a full off season Um, they'll be able to work out and he'll be able to keep improving. Sky's the
0: limit for him.
1: So obviously uh, we predicted CuffCath is going to be the number one team in the region throughout this year. And they they might be the number one team in the eight, five, nine, top 10, once we reveal that. But uh, one of the biggest tests they had in this early season was their home game against Cooper. But it turns out that maybe that's not a good benchmark because, Cooper, uh, or excuse me, Kovkath won 69 to 32. That's a pretty big loss. It's uncharacteristic of a, excuse me, of a uh, Tim Sullivan side. But again, with the talent Kovkath has, you can only do so much. Um, We'll really be able to see how Kovkath does because I'm looking at their schedule now. They're going to, they're dipping into a couple of Ohio teams. So they're going to play Turpin, Indian Hill, St. Xavier, LaSalle, and McNick. Those are all pretty good programs, um, mm-hmm. albeit St. X, maybe not compared to the GCL, but they're on the rise. Obviously, that's going to that's gonna be a good benchmark for them. So we'll, we'll see kind of what happens there. But uh, obviously, Cubcats, 3-0 and already, really rolling through it. Uh, Mitchell Riley has been more than what we expected. We, we thought he was going to be a good player for them. Uh, according to the stats, he's been arguably their best player. Chandler yes. Starks has also been very good. Donovan Stocks, Evan Ipsaro, uh, the transfer from New Richmond in Ohio, all of them are doing really well. And it seems like they've established their, their key roles, their key players. And obviously it's CuffCath. Those players are going to be able to fit that ro- those roles perfectly. And they're going to be able to really f- dominate and really be able to say, hey, this is why we are the top team in the region.
0: Yeah, the scariest part about Covcath is not just these big games that they're blowing people out that they consistently do on a nightly basis, is, but the fact that they already have four guys averaging double digits, and three of those four guys are shooting over 70%. I mean, that that's just an unstoppable uh, thing. I mean, what are you going to do if all these guys are shooting so efficient you can only guard one guy at a time?
1: Right. And Well, another thing is tonight they're going to play North Laurel uh, at North Laurel. North Oral has put up 100 points in their opening game and then 104 points in their second game, which was against Holy Cross. That'll be really interesting to see where that kind of lands because uh, I know North Oral's in the 13th region. But it'll be interesting to see kind of what they do uh, against CuffCath. We'll see. We get to yeah. see how CuffCath's defense responds to a very clear uh, high-powered offense. But, again, it's early in the season, so we don't really know how – Pikeville and Holy Cross. Pikeville, the first team that North Laurel played. Um, so we'll, we'll be able to see how that is. That game is tonight at 630 uh, at North Laurel. So we'll, we'll be able to get a good uh, benchmark for that as well.
0: Uh, yes, another uh, note on North Laurel, they have Reed Shepard. He is a senior there, and he was just offered by former Louisville coach and now Iona coach Rick Pitino last week. Ooh. so we'll get to see. A little bit of uh D one versus D one, assuming
1: Mitchell Riley gets his gets his offers or has he already?
0: I think there'll be more than a couple on that Covcath team by the time they graduate.
1: Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see what they do against a division one uh bound player. So what, yeah, like you like you said, that'll be really interesting and uh we'll we'll try to get we'll see if there's streaming information for their
0: On opening night, Highlands defeated Ashland Blazer by nine points, and Sam Vincent started right where he left off last season with 30 points on eight of 16 from two and one of two from three and 11 of 13 from the free throw line. If Sam Vincent's going to be this efficient this season, he's going to be very, very hard to stop.
1: Yeah, exactly. And a couple of other players, they had three other players, get double digits, William Harold with 15, Zachary Barth with 12, and Oliver Harris with 11 and Luke Muller, the uh, other player outside of Vincent that we really focused in on in our preview podcast. uh, He had nine points, but Highlands definitely, if they can keep that up, they can spread the wealth. uh, They can definitely be dangerous, but they've scored, they've reached that 80 mark twice now. um, And they, yeah, uh, yeah, so it's, Highlands is still uh, a very dangerous team despite having a one and one record, uh, which we'll get to in a second, but Uh, Yeah, Highland's that win over Ashland Blazer. Ashland's a tough team to crack. So them being able to run and run and run, because that was a very intense uh, offense. And that's uh, for any ninth region opponent, they're going to play very intense. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how they match up against the rest of the region once that
0: comes. Uh, Yeah, another note on William Harold. He is averaging 17.5 per game on 60% from the field so far this season. He's been a lights-out three-point shooter, and he's made a huge step. So if Luke Muller can become what he was last season, and then they have Harold and Vincent Highlands is really a problem this season. Yep, Definitely. And I think Highlands is
1: still up there uh, or obviously they're still up there with ninth region contenders. So it'll be interesting to see how they develop, how their team chemistry goes. Um, Cause obviously in high school, it can go one way or the other, but Highlands definitely looks like they're going in the right direction. But uh, I, guess, I guess now it's time to move on to – definitely, I think, we can agree game of the week. Uh, it really, I think I, – I can't even begin to, to explain how intense this game was. But uh, St. Henry coming off a loss against the number eight team in the state, Lexington Catholic, uh, you felt like they wanted this win because they were so close to getting that signature win. And now they have it. Uh, St. Henry defeating Highlands 82-80. But it, it, that, is, that doesn't even tell you the story of this game. Uh, Highlands racing out to I, – I was it an 18-point lead at some point? Uh,
0: yeah, an 18-point lead with 4.30 to go in the third quarter. Yeah, that, it really
1: seemed like Highlands was putting their foot on the gas and saying we're going to show why we are the well and beyond – Number two team in the region, but never count out a Dave Faust coach team. Uh, Saint Henry comes roaring back. Eventually, Saint Henry uh, takes a lead, and not only that, they were up by nine in the fourth quarter. Yeah, but it's at it's in Fort Thomas. Highlands comes roaring back. They hit a couple of key threes, especially one toward the end of the game.
0: William Harold was huge in this game. Yeah,
1: he definitely had a good game, and Highlands definitely gave Saint Henry all they could. But uh with about say there's not much time left on the clock. Highland hit a three to take a three-point lead. And this is when the St. Henry magic came out again. Cause against Lexington Catholic, Jude Bessler hit a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie it and send it to overtime. This time it was why Viet's turn Viet dribbled down the court, went to the left wing and very similar to Marcus pages shot in the 2017 national championship, I believe whichever one is North Carolina. Yeah. Um, or excuse me, yeah, against Villanova. Uh, very similar to that. Launches up a three. Um, at first, I was a bit concerned because it looked, it just looked like, all right, that definitely was forced, but it goes in, so you can't really say anything. And then just this is where it, not only that was insane, on the ensuing inbound after a timeout, uh, Cody Teaton, which we called probably one of the most underrated big men in the region, hands up covers the defender, you know, covers his, uh, line of vision. The inbounder throws it, but doesn't do a good job of getting it up or around or whatever. Cause it goes right into Teton's hands at the inbound and Teton just lays it in and the layup almost missed. That was the scariest part is it he almost missed. For the a second. Yeah. But, uh, it falls in buzzer goes and St. Henry wins scoring five points in less than 1.3 seconds. That is absolutely insane. Um, we have the video, of the three and the game tying shot on our Twitter at eight, five, nine insider uh, and on our Instagram at eight, five, nine insider. So that definitely check that out because it's a lot better to watch it in person. But one of the most Adam, I think that is one of the most insane endings I think I've seen to a high school basketball game, actually to any basketball game, really um, just a critical mistake from Highlands at, at that inbound. But uh, what, what did you think of that game and what did you take away from it?
0: Yeah, same as you. Uh, one of the craziest endings I have ever seen across any level of basketball in my years of watching, five-point swing in the last 11 seconds for St. Henry to win this game. And there was actually three seconds left on the clock when Teton stole the inbounds pass. The broadcast had it uh, incorrect. The scoreboard wow. had 3.3. 3 because there were some uh, questions about how he had enough time to catch it and put it up in time if there was only one second and it was confirmed that there were three seconds afterwards, but in the end, that proves always guard the inbounder in an end game situations, because that can happen no matter how slim the margin is. You saw that day, how that could happen. Yeah. That was just,
1: you feel, you got to feel bad for the inbounder. Um, You got to feel bad, but that's one of those things where you got to look at the big picture that he is never going to make that same mistake. So you got to look at for Highlands is this is a very maturing loss because the the mistake like that, it's a mental error. Obviously uh, you're at the tail end of a game. So you're not really, you know, at your sharpest, but that is something they're, they're, they're going to work on this week in practice for sure is inbound, inbound, inbound and how to break the press and how to really be able to establish that uh, kind of flow but yeah, obviously, one of the most insane games. White v with thirty-one points. Jude Bessler with nineteen. Cody Teaton with fourteen. Uh, and it was a physical game, but such a good game between I think just the number two and three teams. That I think clearly the number two and three teams in the region outside and mm-hmm. obviously Cufcat being number one. But yeah, that that was. Wow, I, I still can't get over it. <laughs> I remember it's watching that and thinking, I know, and it was weird because right when I saw Teton really, really kind of guard and prevent any uh, movement, I thought there's a good shot that Teton can get a hand on this. And I wonder what he could do after that. And then, bam, just <laughs> does, does that, makes it a layup. I would have for sure missed that layup. I would have been way too nervous. But uh, credit to St. Henry, obviously a huge win for them, especially coming off the heels of a heartbreaking loss to Lex Oh,
0: And the good news is for Highlands is we're only one week into the season. Right. And they've played two top 10 teams in the state already and split it one and one. And they lost on a last second shot to St. Henry. Right. It's a long year. They've already had two great battles. Highlands is going to be a very good team come March.
1: Exactly. And it's, it's the same thing with, uh, with St. Henry, you got, a loss against LexCath, the top ten team, and then you answer it with a win against a top ten team in the state. So that's it's definitely going to be interesting to see how they kind of how these two teams really develop over the course of the season. But um, I think we should talk about that Saint Henry LexCath game because that's another game that had statewide implications. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously LexCath coming out with a eighty to seventy eight win in overtime. or excuse yeah eighty to seventy eight win in overtime. Ben Johnson. He's not in our region, but we got to let you all know, Ben Johnson is the truth. That kid Real is deal. a baller. Um, obviously, for LexCath, that was a huge – he's one of their best players, uh, probably one of the best players ever. He ended that game with 31 points, going 8 for 11 from the field. one of 6 from three-point land, but he did go 12 of 14 from the free throw line. And at the end of the game, that was huge for him to put up those numbers. Uh, LexCath getting it done. But uh, yeah, that that game was pretty big. But on the St. Henry side, you got to look at that game and think that we we both came away with this conclusion. St. Henry did not play their best that game, and they still took Lex Cat to overtime in an away game. White V who's the Crusaders' best player, went two of thirteen from the field, finished the game with six points. But his buddy Jude Bessler responded; he had twenty-five points. Ryan Butler had twelve, and Cody Teaton and Reed Ravenscraft with eleven apiece. Uh, yeah adam i think it's clear i i I think we texted about this or we texted this i think it's clear st henry if if Wyatt has a bit of a better game st henry wins that game but like we said about highlands that's a game where they can really learn take from it and use that for the seasons or for the games to come later in the season but uh what what did you think kind of after that game what
0: did you come away with Yeah, I think St. Henry is in a great spot for the rest of the season. They showed some real battle in this game, and they clearly took that into the Highlands game. What I took away from the game is that when Wyatt Beath is not going to have his best game, St. Henry has the role players that can step up in these situations. Jude Bessler is probably going to hit 1,000 points midway through this season, as we mentioned in our past episode. And also they have Cody Teaton, who had a double-double against Highlands on Saturday, and he had... 11 points against Lexcath as well. And he's one of the biggest players in the ninth region. St. Henry has size for the first time in a long time, and it's really showing.
1: Definitely. And I think St. Henry, the, uh, St. Henry and Highlands, again, um, is a two and three interchangeable, in my opinion, in the eight, five, nine area. But that game against Lexcath, uh, a team that St. Henry beat last year when Lexcath was like third in the state at that point, uh, definitely, it's gonna be interesting to see where both teams end up uh
0: come come turning time. Also, another note on Ben Johnson from Lexcath. He has one of the purest turnaround jump shots that I've ever seen out of a high school basketball player. Yeah, that it was it was just insane what he was doing, what he was yeah. able to
1: really just accomplish and be able to <laughs> just the moves, the the way he plays basketball, just it you you almost want to say, Oh, he's he's running way too fast. He it looks like he's you know his legs are faster than where his mind is at, but every single move he made was just so clinical. Every shot he took was smart. He knew he, he, it's like, he takes shots he knows he's going to make. And that is such a crucial aspect to have. um, I mean, as a, especially as a,
0: um, as a high schooler. Yeah. That kid's going to be one of the Lex cath all times, great, all time greats. And I can't wait to look forward to him what he does for the rest of his career.
1: All right, so moving on, we're going to unveil the first edition of the 859 top 10 for basketball. Uh, so, this is the combined results of three polls. We have uh, a newcomer, Jacob Diedenhofer. Uh, we'll welcome him to the podcast at some point soon. But uh, he is a senior at Newport Central Catholic. So, he's joining the 859 crew. But uh, myself and Adam and Jake, we have our top 10s and we combined it, scored it, and then here's what we got. All right. So number one, no shocker, Cuff-Cath. Uh, I think that's pretty clear. All three of us had him, had them at number one. Number two, St. Henry. I think really whoever won the St. Henry Highlands game was going to be the two, and then the loser, um, which is Highlands. That's that's three. They're the three. The Bluebirds are the third team in the eight five nine poll. Number four. Uh, this one is the one where I said at the beginning there's a, or before the podcast, a little, a little bit of a, not a shocker, but definitely a, Oh wow. They're ahead of uh, number four is Connor. And then number five is Beachwood. That's the part where I really thought Beachwood be four, uh, Connor is five, but no, those are flipped. I think Connor is definitely has definitely showed that they are going to be a pretty good team this year. Uh, number six, Holy cross. Number seven, NCC, who really did themselves a lot of favors in this opening week, really earning the respect of uh, any, any fan for Northern Kentucky basketball. Number eight, Dixie Heights. Number nine, Walton Verona. And number 10, the Campbell County Camels. Uh, Adam, you had, uh, you had a, a bit of a different one compared to this one. Uh, Not by not by much. I think there's only one team that would be flipped. There's a couple of discrepancies. But, uh, Adam, you had the same top three, but you had Beachwood at four and Connor at five. Uh, What's your kind of what's your top 10? Um, What's your kind of mindset with that? Uh, Why did you rank some of the teams you ranked? And I guess if you want to say who you voted for specifically, go right ahead.
0: Oh uh, yeah, well I did rank Beachwood at four over Connor at five, and I did that because I really think Cam Decker is stepping up for Beachwood. Has really proved that they're they have a download presence after they lost Mitchell Riley last year, and that's what I really thought they were missing coming into this season. Uh, also, Scotty Droud and Will Doughton have picked up exactly where they left off, and that's always going to be a scary thing. And they're a very senior heavy team. And this is their last real shot at it for who knows how long. And definitely for Scotty and Will being their senior year. Uh, Connors had a great start to the season, though. And I would not be surprised if they were able to knock off Beachwood at any point in this year.
1: Right. And then uh, for your poll, you had Holy Cross at six, NCC at seven, Campbell County eight, Walton Vernon, nine and Dixie ten. Uh, what do you make of that? Because we, we both have agreed that outside of the kind of top five, and you can even extend that to the top seven now. Now that Holy Cross has McClendon back, NCC has really shown that they are a very solid team so far. Uh, wh- what do you think of that, kind of your last four or five slots of teams?
0: Uh, yeah, I think Campbell County and Walton Verona are very, very solid teams. They're both off to undefeated starts this season. Walton Verona at 4-0 and Campbell County at 3-0. Walton Verona won the eighth region All-A Classic this week this week with a big win over Owen County in the finals. And they've been led by a very, very solid backcourt and Brant Smithers and Carter Croman, who are both averaging double digits and also Campbell County, similar to Walton Vrona. They're just a very balanced team. They have four guys averaging double digits. And I, I just like the team aspect of that. Yeah, definitely Campbell County and Walton
1: runner to uh traditional, traditionally good teams, especially mm-hmm. Campbell County. But, um, Campbell County obviously has to play the, uh, their 10th region opponents. Um, Jake isn't here with us yet. We'll get him on the podcast again pretty soon. But his rankings were Covcath 1, St. Henry 2, Highlands 3, Connor 4, Holy Cross 5, Beechwood 6, NCC 7, Dixie 8, Walton Vernon 9, Cooper 10. Um, showing a lot of love for Holy Cross, putting them above Beechwood. And I, I, both of us have – I think we predicted Holy Cross to jump Beechwood this year – uh, so, but with McClendon coming back again, that'll be interesting to see, but I, I am, I'm starting to think maybe we jump, maybe we put too much stock, uh, into Beachwood falling off because of Mitchell Riley. But again, it's only one week. Uh, there's a lot of basketball to be played, but, um, we'll see, uh, Jake, obviously pretty so- pretty solid poll. Um, and then moving on to my poll, uh, Cath one, St. Henry two Highlands three Holy Cross four. Beachwood five, Connor six, NCC seven, Dixie eight, Walton Vernon nine, Cooper 10. Uh, for me, I, I put Holy Cross at, actually, wait, I just messed that up. I, I remember I switched Holy Cross and Connor after I put that there because I completely forgot that Connor beat Holy Cross in opening night. So I switched them, Connor for Holy Cross six. That's my bad. Um, but yeah, I think it, like I asked you this bottom, I shouldn't even say bottom, the five through 10, is such an open field, but I think the, or excuse me, six through 10 is an open field. I think the top five is really established. And in terms of how those teams are ordered is kind of, uh, that's the question. Uh, I do think Covcath has shown that they are obviously the ninth region favorite. Again, uh, tell me if you've heard that before, but yeah, so far a uh, pretty good poll, I think all, on all parts, but we'll, we'll see how this kind of shapes up. Cause there are a lot of teams I could really break in, uh, Dixie finishing at eight, uh, Cooper not making the list. That's another team that usually, uh, if they struggle at the start of the season, they find their foot or foot, feet. I was about to say footing, and then I remember that's not a word. But, yeah, um, pretty pretty good uh, poll. But, Adam, uh, I guess to ask you this, what are some players that really stuck out to you this week? You've mentioned a couple, um, Scotty Droud, Wyatt Veith, uh, a couple of CuffCat players, obviously Mitchell Wrightley. Um, but there's there's another player that I know you called uh, Adam. But like I said, uh, so what are like two players that really caught your eye in opening week? And I know one of them you said is a dark horse pick for a certain region player of the year. So uh, just uh, what are some, what are two players that really kind of stuck out to you this week? Uh,
0: yeah. Since you teased it, I guess I'll start with them. Uh, yeah. Traden Thomas of Pendleton County started hot this opening week this year he is averaging 26 points per game on 59.1 percent of the 59.1 field goal percentage very very strong start for him and also a big performance out of dunk donovan robinson from ryle he against uh shit who was it? And also a big performance out of Donovan Robinson from Ryle on Monday night. He had 37 points on 10 made three pointers. I just want to know how he felt when he was in the zone <laughs> that night. Ah, that's incredible coming
1: out of Union. uh <laughs> What I don't even know. That's uh wow. Ten, ah, you got to be. I'll in have your what he's Bag. Having. Yeah, you got to be in your Wendy's four for four biggity bag to go. 10 threes shoot. Oh my goodness. That is, I don't care
0: what level of basketball <laughs> that is. That is very impressive.
1: Yeah, that is very, very impressive for Ryle. And that could be uh, one of their keys if he can, you know, catch fire from three. Who knows that they can pull off an upset through that? Mm-hmm. But, um, I, I have to give a shout out. We talked about him earlier. Uh, Jacob Meyer, I mean, going off for 40. Uh, averaging 25 points per game on a 40.9% field goal percentage uh, to, to shoot at that clip. You got to be really good. And for, as a sophomore too, that is insane. Uh, so we'll, we'll definitely be keeping a close eye on him for this year, next year, and the year after that. Um, another player that really out, so I, I, you know, me, I love to give, uh, I love to give love to the small schools. So Luke Rui, Calvary Christian, you're averaging 22 points a game shooting at 66.7% from the field. Every three shots, you're making two of them. That's ridiculous. So, uh, roll Cougs. You guys are uh, – obviously, Luke is a very good player. I Imagine if they still had Mason Rush, who moved to North Carolina. But he'll be coming back to the state of Kentucky – or, excuse me, the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Luke Rui, uh, obviously shooting at a very efficient clip, scoring 22 points per game for Calvary. It'll be interesting to see how they do. Uh, obviously, some of the tournaments they have for the All- or All-A – and I believe there's one more um, small, like a smaller school conference tournament, or we'll see how they do against the kind of I, I they call themselves like the Division three schools in Northern Kentucky, like them, Bellevue, Dayton, Villa, no, uh, Ludlow. No. So we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll see how they can do against those schools. Um, but yeah, Rui obviously a very uh, very good game or very good couple of games from him.
0: Uh, yes, another one to point out real quick is Spencer Cousins from Connor. He's averaging 20 points per game through two games this season and he is shooting a solid 46.4 percent from the field and 43.8 from 3 on 7 to 16. That is ridiculous. We've got, we got some
1: good uh, good shooters in the A59 so far, so it'll be interesting to see, you know how, how obviously it's early in the season, so some of these numbers are going to go down. Some of those numbers are going to go up, so it'll be interesting to see. What happens with the rest of the teams um, and kind of how they do in the season, but uh, mm-hmm. another another big week ahead of us. Oh yeah.
0: All right. So this week we're going to do a quick run through of the big games starting on Tuesday night. Covcath travels to North Laurel to play at six thirty against Reed Shepherd, who dropped forty eight points against Holy Cross. Noah, what do you think is going to happen in this one?
1: Like I said earlier, that is going to be. Uh, we thought Cooper Cuvath was going to be a huge benchmark. I think this is going to be their, I guess, a first official quote-unquote test per se. Uh, now they have Reen Shepherd, who, um, again, forty-eight points against any opponent is ridiculous. So we're going to see how uh, Rusevats and Cuvath, how they kind of plan for him, game plan for him. So that'll be that's definitely one of Cuvath's bigger games early in the season because uh, yeah, their you schedule know,
0: coming up is getting tough real quick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Credit to them. They like to, they like to do this. They like to schedule the tough teams uh, in state or in Ohio. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do against North oral, who should prove to be uh, a great kind of litmus test for the colonels. Uh,
0: another big one on the docket for tonight is Dixie at Connor Dixie's off to a pretty solid start this year. They, they, Lost to Covcath as most people do, but then they beat Ryle, and then they picked up a big win at Harrison County on Saturday. And then Connor is 2-0 and and off to a hot start. They're both top 10 teams in our rankings in this region. I'm going to take Connor in this one, but what do you have to say, Noah? Uh, yeah, I agree. I think
1: Connor gets the win, but we said in our preview podcast that early in the season is going to be very telling for Dixie because last year they started off poorly, but then got super hot toward the end of the year. Uh, and the question was, can Dixie translate that into this year? And obviously, it's a lo- way longer offseason, but we're going to see how Dixie fares against this, uh, these high-ranking opponents. Uh, I, like you said, most people lose to CuffCath, so that's a very, uh, you, you got you to give and take when you kind of take the evaluations from who CuffCath plays. So this is going to be a huge game for the Colonels and for uh, Matt Audi and the Cougars because that'll be really interesting to see how they fare against uh, other ninth region opponents. Because I, I like to think that Dixie and Connor are very similar in terms of program and program reputation.
0: Definitely, definitely. Uh, another one on Wednesday, the ninth region All-A Classic continues. And this is a big one, Newcath at St. Henry. So the, the 859 insider game. Uh, we got Jake from Newcath and two St. Henry alums. Yep. Big matchup, big matchup. And the winner of that will play at play against Beachwood on Friday, and I believe that'll be the semifinals of the All-A Classic. And yeah, all three of those teams are on the same side of the bracket, and then Holy Cross and Newport are on the other side. So yeah. more than likely, the winner of Newcast, St. Henry against Beachwood, will play against Holy Cross in the finals this weekend.
1: Oh Yeah, look at the All-A schools have been very impressive so far in the ninth region, and uh, this is St. Henry – uh, this would be a good quality win to get under their belts to really kind of is, is show that they can consistently beat good teams. Newcath has started the year very impressive.
0: This would be a huge statement win for the oh. thoroughbreds if they can get it done. Yes, it would. All right, moving on to Thursday, we have Dixie traveling to Fort Thomas to take on Highlands. This will be, I believe, Highlands' first game since the loss to St. Henry, so they're going to be looking to bounce back. I'm going to take Highlands in a big one here. I think they're going to try and make a statement, maybe win by 15 to 20 here.
1: Yep, I agree. I think Highlands gets it done. Uh, another game where Dixie can kind of show how they compare against other teams, uh, other higher higher ranked teams in the region. But yeah, like you said, I think Vincent Vincent and the boys get it done in Fort Thomas in their own gym, and they're gonna they're gonna show quickly that you know the St. Henry game. Uh, that's not going to happen again (laughs) anytime soon. So they're going to, I think Highlands gets it done as well. All right. So originally we ended this podcast with congratulating Highlands on finding a head coach. And then less than probably 20 minutes later, uh, we, or Adam sent a screenshot of a bluegrass preps thread, talking about potential uh, something going on at Highlands in terms of this might be getting a little messy. Um, In case you haven't heard, Highlands hired uh, Franklin County head coach Eddie James and a couple of days later less than a week they you know they had the press conference coach James was meeting the players and then something happened we don't know what and it very well could just be he had a change of heart and realized he didn't want to leave home Uh, but coach James withdrew and will now not be the head coach of the Highlands Bluebirds. We've seen this situation with Bill Belichick and the Jets, uh, but in, at the high school level, that is, uh, yeah, usually you don't get, usually you don't get the, that far into it. But uh, Adam, just what are your opening thoughts on that? Because obviously it was such a crazy situation that we had just finished recording the podcast and then that hit that happened.
0: Yeah, it was literally right when we got done talking about him getting hired is when I sent that screenshot that there may have been some muddy waters that, you know, he may not about be taking the job. And it turns out he actually didn't. I really couldn't believe it when I saw it. I mean, we'll jeez. I mean,
1: it's as simple as that. You don't really know what to say about it because it's such a – weird situation. And I I have my own personal thoughts on it. I know a lot of people have both sides of the story. Like, Oh, you can't blame a man for not be wanting to leave home. But at the same time, yeah,
0: this isn't a good look for him. You can't do that to anybody. Right. Yeah. Actually fun fact. We had this happen my sophomore year in high school at St. Henry. We hired Dave Collins as a baseball coach and he came in, had one player uh, parent meeting, and then uh, fired, or no, that he quit two weeks later. Never coached a game.
1: Huh. All right. Well, 100% win percentage. Uh, did not lose undefeated, <laughs> just like St. Henry's football team. But uh, it, that, that's that's pretty interesting. Like, I, I guess, Adam, as a player, what is, how does that take me through that as a player? I know, obviously, St. Henry baseball, Highlands football, kind of different animals there, but you, you look at it in terms of just. What's what kind of goes through your mind when you see that? Obviously, I think high school kids can kind of brush things off a little bit easier. But, you know, what goes through your
0: mind when that happens? I mean, it really just makes you think, like, why would he not want to take this job? I mean, we're offering him everything. And especially if he's going to accept the job and then go back and he met all the players and everything. That was a really odd move by him. He even had a press conference at Highlands and then went back. I don't know. If I was if I was a player, I'd be very disappointed. And if I was a player, I would also really want Franklin County on my schedule next year.
1: Oh, for sure, for sure. I know a couple of people on Bluegrass Press were saying, you know, ne- next time that happens, uh, we, we got to go. That's for sure. I, I will go yeah. from wherever. <laughs> that would be a, a huge game. Uh, credit to Highlands, according to Coach James and in the releases that Highlands has put out, it seems like they're saying, okay, look, we can't get too pissed off about this. We're just going to move on. But at the end of the day, I can't imagine how they actually feel because that, and I guess getting into how I feel about this, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know how yeah. you take that job, do a press conference, meet the players, text the players. Uh, we mentioned it. You tweet at Eddie Eviston at Covcast saying you battled the Eddies. You know, you, you, It seemed like he was buying into it, it seemed like he was excited but Seems then like he, he was all in yeah. exactly. And then he, and then he says, eh, "No, I'm a little homesick. I, I, it, I, I don't blame him for being homesick as someone who moved eight hours away from where he grew up, born and raised. And yes, I totally see the luxury of, or I guess the appeal of uh, wanting to stay home, but you cannot say that after you accept the job after you meet the players i mean that quite frankly i think that could potentially do it in terms of if he ever wants to get another job uh in the state or in the commonwealth no sh- i don't i don't think any school would look at that um not only that but it's also disrespectful to the other applicants uh, who came in and really really wanted that job and yeah. they see this they see coach james come in take the job, and then leave within a week, especially at a program like Highlands. And I know Franklin County has done better than Highlands in recent years, but by all means, if he didn't see it as a step up, then why would he take it in the first place? It it just seems weird that the theory that he, oh, he might have found out some stuff when he took the job. I feel like Coach James, based on what I've heard, is – a smart guy by all means and it feels like there's no way that there is something so egregious that he just left after less than a week there it, it, it just seems weird but again that also just kind of points to yeah he did realize he didn't want to leave his home he didn't want to it seems apparent that he didn't want to pull his kids out of Franklin County you know his wife is a uh, special education teacher in their uh, school district so it's just I, it, there's a way to go about it, um, and I, by That's by everything I've way. seen, yeah. exactly by everything I've seen, I, I don't think th- I don't think he was malicious. I don't think this was uh, some sort of stunt. I don't think this was out of any bad intention. Um, but again, sometimes that doesn't mean he's not open to criticism in how he handled the situation. Uh, I think there's there's ways to go about it, and this wasn't ideal. Um, obviously good luck to him I hope he can continue to do things at Franklin County and uh, of course the rumors uh, especially on bluegrass preps you know the great safe haven for Commonwealth sports um, is that Franklin County said hey we can potentially work out some more money toward the football program stuff like that so it'll be it'll be interesting to see the details and how Franklin county looks but uh, we but on top of this, we got to see how Highlands responds. I know because Coach James was not their first choice; it was actually Louisville Mail's head coach Chris Wolf, uh, according to reports, uh, which would be a great get for them. I think if you're Highlands, you have to go back and you have to try to you have to ask Wolf what will it take because outside of if outside of James who. Maybe I don't want to call him a plan B, per se, because he definitely has shown he is a good coach. And it was it probably came down to, you know, okay, Wolf has done a little bit more at a more established program. Let's go for him. And then James is a good option. Uh, I think you have to go to that because how are players going to respond to a coach that is not the plan A, not the plan B, he'd be the plan C. And that's assuming they even get the plan C. Because, you know, you look at a – I know Mick Cronin at UCLA. You look at that situation when that happened. He, Mick Cronin plan was like playing D. Yeah, exactly. He was like <laughs> playing D. And, it, you know, it's worked out for them so far. But you, you got to look at how this will affect the players. And as coaches, you want to earn the respect right out of the gate. And not to say that a coach can't come in and earn the respect and not to say that the players won't respect their coach. But it's it's that's a pretty rough start. Uh, but yeah, it, Eddie it James was, really just put Highlands in a bad situation. Yep, yeah, and it, it really, it really goes to show that Highlands desperately needs to figure out a way to get back on track because you, yeah. you just, you just leave, you just have a coach run out of town with a 51 and 36 record, and you are used to being the big dog in Northern Kentucky, and now they're not. In fact, their arch rival is miles ahead of them right now and i know it, it was funny because we you know we talked about james come, uh, coach james coming here to highlands and saying and you know really re reigniting that rivalry but now i i don't I, unless something happens unless they can really get a good hire and they can hit the ground running this really puts them back and this really shows that highlands is maybe a bit further down in terms of just program stature and again i know that you can't you can't fight against homesickness like obviously Coach James has a lot of connections to Franklin County being a 2005 graduate of the school. But again, Highlands, it's Highlands where we grew up knowing who's the, who's the best football team in Northern Kentucky
0: Highlands. Yeah. It's a very, very odd situation. I do still think Highlands is a very, very high job, very, very great job for any coach around the state. I think it won't be very hard for them to find another good coach, but as you said, I mean, obviously that's not going to be their first or even their second choice coming in. So it's going to be hard to sell that to the players. And if you're a player sitting there, you're like, well, we already had a guy come in. How do we even know this, this guy is going to stay? And, I mean, that's just going to make it harder on them. But luckily, Highlands has a very talented uh, underclass. So it's still a very, very highly touted job. We'll see what happens, see who they can get.
1: Yeah, I, com- I completely agree. It's st- it's still a very good job, no matter what their current status is as a program. It's just disappointing to see that it- it's lost its luster of uh, or yeah. lost its pull as well. But yeah, I, I completely agree. They definitely have the talent. Um, where if they if they get any whatever whoever coach they decide to land, he definitely has the ability to really ramp things up, uh, really establish a good talent pool to pull in from their youth. Uh, or the Fort Thomas youth football instead of them going to other schools like CuffCath or maybe even a Beachwood. Uh, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens there. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely keep you guys updated in terms of who, in terms of who is uh, this week's coach of the Bluebirds.
0: Yeah, tough season for Highlands this year for sure with this whole coaching thing going down and Mr. Football being from Fort Thomas and playing at Beachwood.
1: Yep, not a, not a good look. But, you know, that's it's got to it's got to definitely reinvigor, kind of just jolt the administration into thinking, all right, we got to do something. And I know it's a bit different with public schools. You can't just say, oh, let's go ahead and bump up the stipend for a football coach. I mean, it's just you can't do that. Uh, however, they're they, got, they definitely might be talking to some boosters and saying, all right, how can we get this um, or how can we? really focus on this and be able to get back on track because quite frankly, if I was a booster at Highlands, I would be doing everything I can to make sure that Chris Wolf becomes the coach or quite frankly, if anyone could, I know there are some other options. I've seen uh, Walton Verona's head coach floated around. Uh, I've seen new uh, NCC's coach floated around as well. Uh, But it'll be interesting to see who they get. I know it's, there's definitely, there's definitely a lot of names that would be willing to take the job. But then you got to look at all right. Are they going to turn that potential that you talked about—a good underclassman or a good set of underclassmen—are they going to be able to turn that potential into on-field results?
0: Yeah, I mean, they—they had a sophomore quarterback, Charlie Noon, last year that had a great season. So if I'm a coach, I'm looking at that, and that's very visually enticing for me. You already have a dual-threat quarterback there. You already know that. You just got to work around him. So, still very, very highly touted job.
1: Yeah, definitely. They definitely have the pieces that would be very attractive to any uh, coach that's pursuing it. But I know Highlands is going to want to get a, uh, a coach in as quickly as possible. So I would assume something by the end of next week at at the latest, in my opinion. Um, or they could or they could be taking their time and saying, "All right, look, um, clearly we got to figure out someone who's devoted to the program." And yeah, but it'll be interesting to see what they do.
0: Yeah, we'll keep you guys updated on the situation as as it folds out. All right, good episode. We'll see you guys next week.